0: Welcome, welcome, and welcome back to the God Revelation podcast, where we are taking a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter look at the book of Revelation, where we believe and we teach Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, which says, Blessed is the one who reads, and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things which are written in it for the time is near. So our God tells us in the very beginning of this book that if you read it, or you even hear the words there ended, you will be blessed and the time that is near that time is the return of our Lord and savior, Jesus So we're going to be blessed by studying God's word in its entirety. But in this particular book, God said you're blessed by reading it and hearing it. And so I pray that you will be. We're going to continue our study of the book of Revelation. In this episode, we're going to cover chapter 15. But before we get into chapter 15, let's briefly recap chapter 14. And chapter 14, that was a preview chapter. God gave John, the author of this book, a preview of the things that were to come during this great tribulation period. Specifically, he showed John Jesus being triumphant at the end as he destroys the Antichrist, Satan, and the false prophet, the unholy trinity. He's shown, He talked about in verses, excuse me, chapter 14, being with the 144 sealed Jews who would evangelize the world on that time. Many of them would be martyred or killed for believing and teaching Jesus Christ on that time because people are going to still be saved. But the times will be when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and don't take the mark of the beast as many as all of these individuals will will not do. They're going to be executed because again, Satan is going to be control of this world. He's going to be running everything from the economic system. He's going to have his own false religion. That's where the false prophet come in. He's going to have his own politicians, and they're going to have laws where if you believe and confess Jesus Christ, you're going to be killed. And so those individuals are going to be killed, but they're being killed or martyr for Jesus' sakes. Give them the victory that ultimately they will live forever with their Lord and Savior, Jesus. We also saw in chapter 14 that God in his mercy, will go to the extreme where he's gonna be even sending angels during that time to preach him during the Great Tribulation, to get people to come to him. And unfortunately, many people are gonna to continue to reject him despite all these things that are gonna be going on. So we saw that in chapter 14. We also had a preview of eventually the greatest where we had a preview of what we're gonna we're eventually going to cover in 16, the final Bowl or vow, V-A-L, vows, judgments, which are going to be the worst judgments to come, which are going to be in chapter 16, because chapter 15 is a prelude to that. It's, it's, it's a, um, the introduction to that. So that's what chapter 15 is going to be. But in chapter 14, again, he given him a preview. And the preview he was given that this time of judgment the most extreme form of judgment thus far. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on, but this is going to get worse. In chapter 14, he referred to as the time to reap. It's time for judgment on those people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. And have in fact thrown their lot in with Satan, taken his mark, worshiped his image. And now God is going to, pour out the final judgments on the earth. And we got a preview of that. And then finally he got a preview of the, the final and great battle of Armageddon that Jesus ultimately is going to win with the words of his mouth, but it's going to be carnage. It's going to be bloody so much. So that the, according to chapter 14 of the book of revelation, that the blood is going to run 180 miles and be, and be six feet And the reason why so is we're going to see the Bible tells us there will be over 200 soldiers, 200 million soldiers that's going to march on Israel. That's going to be the battle of Armageddon. So it's going to be terrible, terrible times. But the good news, the very good news is that if you believe and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you won't have to go through all that on this side. Now in his infinite, I'm going to say it's infinite because it does come to an end in his mercy and his grace. Even during those terrible times, as we've already talked about, the hundred and forty four thousands and others will be still preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. And many will come to save in faith. But ultimately, they're going to be killed and persecuted for it like never before. But he's still going to be offering it. So there's hope. But don't wait till that happens. I'll be on the other side if you should still be alive when it happens. Do it now. If he's knocking on your heart, let him in. Believe him. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. He died for you. Father God raised him from the dead. He couldn't stay dead because he was perfect. Death is reserved for those like us, me, you, who have sinned. But he took our penalty. He was perfect sinless but yet he took the penalty for sinners how wonderful how great so that's a preview of chapter 14 in this chapter we're going to be looking at chapter 15 before we get in chapter 15 let's pray father god in the mighty name of jesus we thank you for an opportunity to again once again study your word we love you we thank you we appreciate you that you would give us a preview you didn't have to show us anything you could just let these things happen and we'll be totally unaware but out of your goodness and your kindness you're giving us a preview You're telling us these are the things that are going to come that must occur before your son comes back as king of kings and Lord of lords. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying for our sins. You didn't have to do it, but you did it. You were perfect. You didn't have to suffer like you did. You didn't have to go to that cross like you did, but you did it. And I thank you and I appreciate you. I thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to guide and comfort us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just ask that you, Bless us. You open up our minds and our hearts and our ears to better receive and understand your word and that your word would go forth and accomplish those things that you would have it to accomplish in your son, mighty name. Amen. And if you have not already done so, I would encourage you to open up your Bible or your Bible app and turn, turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 15, the book of Revelation, chapter 15. Verse number one, which says, I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign." Seven angels with the seven last plagues last because in them God's wrath is complete. John, the author of this book, one of the original disciples of Jesus, sees another awesome sight in heaven. It was another sign that John described as amazing and great and marvelous. In chapter 12, he saw two signs. The sign of the woman, which represented the persecuted Israel during this great tribulation and the sign of the dragon, which represents Satan. The sign of the woman concerns God's protection and preservation of his persecuted people until the end of the tribulation. The sign of the dragon concerns God's bitter enemy, the devil, who is going to hate and persecute the woman, Israel. And as I explained before, the reason why he ate Israel, because God chose the bloodline of the Jews to bring Jesus into this world. So he hates the Jews and he's going to really hate them because he knows his time is running out. During this great tribulation, he's going to be reigning on this earth, but he know the time to reign is going to be limited. He's going to try his best to destroy mankind, period, to persecute and control and destroy mankind, period, but particularly the Jews. The angels of this verse represent. God's agents who are going to execute his wrath that we're going to see in the following chapters with the seven bowl judgments, B-O-W-L-S. They carry out God's final vengeance at the close of the tribulation, for in them the wrath of God is complete or finished, some translation, depending on which translation you have. God's judgment, May not always fall on sin immediately, but it will fall. No doubt about it, it will fall. And his judgment is now going to fall on earth for their rejection of him and their evilness and their evil doing during this time, particularly worshiping the beast in his image and taking his number. So this chapter 15 is describing Those things are going to occur right before those bowls of judgment and God's final and most vicious wrath is going to be poured out on this earth. Moving on to verse number two of Revelation 15. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire and standing beside the sea those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of its name. They held harps given to them by God. The sea of glass here speaks of tranquility and peace. Interesting enough, it's mixed with fire. This speaks of believers standing firmly for Jesus under the test of fire, having their feet planted on the word of God. Because again, during this time, these 144 Jews who are going to be evangelizing, evangelizing the world. And those people who eventually receive Jesus during this time, they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be tested by the fire, but they're going to have the victory. They're going to have the victory, and we see them having the victory here because they're before the throne of God on this sea of glass representing the tranquility and and peace. The tribulation saints enjoy victory over the beasts, according to this verse, in his image and over his number because they died for the name of Jesus and are more than conquerors because of their death because they died for Jesus. These people are going to be cued. Only because they believe and confess Jesus. And they're going to be rewarded for that. They're going to have the victory for that. This is why they stand on the sea of glass and are serenaded with the harps. Moving on to verse number three of chapter 15. And they sang the song of God's servant, Moses and the lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds. Lord God almighty. Just, just and true are your ways kings of the nation. And we're going to continue to, for continuity, we're going to read verse number 4. Who will not fear O Lord and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. Verses 3 and 4 of Revelation 14 tells us that the tribulation saints sing two songs, the song of Moses and the song of the lamb. Both songs celebrate the redemption by God's almighty hand. The song of Moses was sung initially on the banks of the Red Sea after God had miraculously led his people through the Red Sea, parted the seas that they could walk on dry land, according to the word of God. And then those same waters that he parted drowned the Egyptian cavalry, the army, saving them from, Pharaoh, which is a type of antichrist. On the other hand, the song of the lamb celebrate Jesus as the Passover lamb that he died for our sins. Just going back to those Passovers, right before the Jews came out of Egypt. They were spared the judgment by putting the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. And the same way. The lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus, who blood redeemed the tribulation saints and all believers. That's why they sing the song of the Lamb. They praise the Lord as performing great and amazing deeds that only the Almighty God could perform. They also, in this verse, characterize the Lord as being just and true in his ways. His judgments are just. And make no mistake about it, because his ways are true. The people, the earth that has been experienced God's judgment and wrath In these next seven bowls of judgment we're going to see, they're going to deserve it because God has given them so many opportunities, so many opportunities to repent and turn their ways, but instead their hearts will be hardened and they're going to turn from him. And not only turn from him, they're going to turn to Satan and worship his image. Take his number, take his number. And blaspheme God. That's how depraved and low they would have become during this time. Moving on to verse number four. During the tribulation, the multitudes worship the beast. But when Jesus returned to the earth and defeated Satan and set up his kingdom, the nations at that time were gathered to worship the Lord, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus we're told in verse number four, they will be aware of his righteous acts. Zechariah 14 verse nine tells us, and the Lord would be king over all the earth. Speaking of Jesus doing his millennial and eternal reign after the defeat of Satan and his cohorts at the end of the great tribulation. Further in Zechariah chapter 14 verse 16 predicts that. Then everyone who survives of all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of booths. So verse 4, there's a peek into at the end of the tribulation and Jesus have triumphant over Satan and established his millennial kingdom that all the nations will come and worship him as the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. How great that will be. Now the scene in heaven moves to the temple in heaven. Let's look at it in verse number five of chapter 15 of the book of Revelation. After this, I looked and I saw in heaven, the temple that is the tabernacle of the covenant law. And it was open. John, that's again, that's the author of this book. looked and saw the temple being open in heaven. This temple is a real temple and revelation chapter 11, verse 19, we read that God's temple in heaven opened and revealed the ark of the covenant. Remember that the temple that the Jews built was a replica of the temple in heaven. When he gave them the, measurements and the instructions on how to build it. He he said, make it exactly how I told you, told you to do it, because this is a replica of the temple in heaven. And so this temple that John now sees is the real temple that the earthly temple that was eventually destroyed was based upon. And so in this verse, he sees that temple open. Now let's move on to verse number six and see what's happened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean and shiny linen and wore golden s- sashes around their chests. The seven angels with the seven plagues emerged from the temple. John described the angels as clothed in pure, bright linen. This clothing is rem- reminiscent of what Jesus was wearing when he appeared to John at the beginning of this book in Revelation Chapter one, verse thirteen. The pure, bright linen represent purity. Their golden sashes also reminds us of what Jesus wore when he appeared to John on the island of Patmos. Again, going back to Revelation chapter one, verse thirteen, where he said Jesus wore golden sash around his chest. Gold symbolizes purity. These clothing also signify that there these angels are about to do what they're about to do pertains solely to the work of Jesus, meaning that Jesus is in charge of these judgments that they're about to execute. They're executing these judgments because Jesus has given them the command to do so, as we're going to see. Moving on to verse number seven. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven bowls or seven vows. That's, that's V-I-A-L-S. filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever one of the four creatures these are the creatures who was in, encompassing about the throne saying holy 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 one of the four living creatures of whom we read about in Revelation 4 handed the seven golden bowls to the seven angels as in verse 6 the gold is meant to symbolize symbolize purity and the glory of God because the judgments that will fall shortly are executed by God, who is holy and glorious in all His deeds, even in judgment. He's holy. He's glorious. He's righteous. He's still God. No matter what happened, God is always God—a magnificent God, a holy God, a glorious God, even in judgment. The seven bowls are full of God's wrath. He has said. In this verse to live forever. He's eternal. He will live far beyond the brief reign of the beast. And the fallen world and sin. Just as God expressed to Moses through the burning bush. He simply is. And always will be. The great I am. Moving on to verse number eight out of the book of Revelation. Which reads, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. The smoke arises from God's glory and power. And this verse tells us from this time, the time of the tribulation, when these judgments are being pulled out into the end of the tribulation, it's going to happen around the middle part. Of the tribulation, Because remember the total period of tribulation, tribulation, the great tribulation is seven years and in the three and a half year mark. That's when we're going to start seeing these seven plagues being poured out. And during this time, no one is going to be allowed to enter the temple in heaven. Similar to Moses, when he finished building a tabernacle, Exodus 40, Verses 34 through 35 tells us that then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So just like then, God's glory and his power filled the temple in heaven and it was closed up until such time as these judgments will be executed. And poured out on the earth. All right. That is chapter 15. And next episode, we we'll get into chapter 16, where these where God's final judgments will begin to be poured out on the earth. And believe me, brother and sister. You don't want to be there. During this time. And you don't have to be. Because you can accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, right now. If you're feeling your inner being in your heart that you need to confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that you believe that he died for your sins, right now is an opportunity to do that. I I beg you, to do it right now. Don't put it off. Don't harden your heart. Don't wait. The next... You name the time frame. is not promised to us. And God has given you an opportunity right now to confess that you're a sinner and to accept his son as your sacrifice for your sin. He did that for you. He died for you. Think about that. God in in the flesh, incarnate, Jesus, died for you. Your creator died for you. And the only thing he's asking you to do is to believe that. There's nothing a human being can do to replace that or live up to that. Nothing. Not going to church. Not reading the word. Nothing. Now, I'm not bashing those things. Those things have their place and they're good, but they don't save you. What saves you is believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you have the opportunity to do that right now if you've not done it. And if that's you, boy, girl, madam sir. You just feel in your heart and you believe it. Say this prayer right now. Father God. I'm a sinner. But I believe that you sent your only begotten son Jesus. To die for my sins. I believe that and I confess that. Jesus I call upon your name. I confess you as Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive my sins. I believe that Father God raised you from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I now call you my Lord. I believe and I confess you in your name. Amen. And if you believe that in your heart and you said it according to God's infallible word you are now saved from his wrath you are a new creature you have a new beginning with him you're part of his royal family your sins have been forgiven hallelujah that's a great thing and that's all he asked you to do he did way more than that he was beaten Jesus I'm referring to beaten to a pope nailed to a cross, can you imagine that naked being humiliated, spit upon, beard plucked out, beaten? He did all that for you. So you could have the kings of the, the keys to the kingdom. You should rejoice. You should praise him, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Father God. And while it's not about a feeling, It makes me excited and just so grateful and appreciative to know that he did it. He did it for us. He did it. He did it. We didn't do anything but be sinners. That's the qualifications for salvation, be a sinner, which all of us are. But because of him, we can have redemption, forgiveness of sin. If you confess and believe him. And so is that you, boy, girl, sir, madam? Congratulations. Welcome to the family. As I always do, and I encourage you to pray to your Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. And It's not prayer. It's not the way you sound. It's having a a respectful conversation with your, your Creator, your God. He knows everything anyway. It's for you more so. You're not going to tell Him anything He doesn't know. But speaking to Him would develop a relationship and it would make you have a relationship with Him and understand Him better and long for Him. Next, I encourage you to continue to read the word or start reading his word. He's found in his word. He's given us his word to show us who he is. Not of our imagination, not who someone else tells us who he is, but we can read for ourselves who he is. And we learned that he's a great loving God. I also invite you to pray about joining a local church. Now, we as believers of the church, but a Gathering what we commonly refer to as a as the church, a gathering of local believers to worship your God and to learn more about him. In a collective setting, and the reason why I say pray every building that has the word church on it is not necessarily a Bible believing or Bible believing a Bible teaching a Jesus believing a Jesus teaching church. And you have to be careful these days. And not get linked up with something that is not biblical. Something that isn't doing everything but exalting God. It's a social club. It's a business meeting place. What have you. There's a lot of those out there. And you need to be mindful of that. And not get hooked up with that. So ask God to guide you. He'll guide you. To where you need to be. Well I just thank God for you. You've made a wonderful decision. A decision that ultimately will change your life. Has changed your life. It's given you eternal life. Father God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your peace, your provision, your protection, your security. We thank you for you. We thank you for Lord Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for an opportunity to better read and understand your word. We thank you for your many blessings. We just thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I thank you for your time. May God bless you until next time.